Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Geek History Lesson. Hell yeah! Did you ever think we would get to a Kite Man episode of this podcast? Never <laughs> once. Never, <laughs> never. I, To be honest with you, I don't even know if I knew who Kite Man was three years ago. Oh boy, I can't wait to learn more about that because your geek history lesson on Kite Man and whether or not we know anything about him is now in session. Hello and welcome to Geek History Lesson. I'm Ashley Victoria Robinson. And I am Jason. How have our lives brought us to this point, Inman? <laughs> welcome to the Mind Universe. This is Geek History Lesson. We've said it three or four times, but we are a podcast that tells you about a character from pop culture, usually comic books, and tells you a little bit about them and a little bit less than an hour, sometimes more. Sometimes we soar over the subjects. Sometimes we glide under the subjects. Sometimes we kite right to them. With see what you're doing there. Yeah. Uh, I just realized, Ashley, we started this podcast and I need to, you need to adjust your notes closer to your mic. You want to do that real quick? Sure. Okay, we can do that live dee, in the dee, air. Dee, 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 we can, that's we can, we can kite your notes closer to you. Does that work out? Right, yes, there you it go. does. Little, little bit behind the scenes business happening live on the air. <laughs> We're talking about Kite Man, but why? But why? Everyone is saying, who is this Kite Man and why do you talk about said Kite Man? Well, I would say, are you living under a rock and have you not seen Harley Quinn, uh, the animated series? And then I would say, that's okay if you have, and I'll tell you why you should. That's right. Uh, Kite Man is a huge part of that. And, and uh, he's got his own spinoff now. Newton's coming up. Coming soon. Sometime. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, Hopefully this year. I don't know if it is, though. I hope so. I would certainly love to see yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, more from those characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Kite Man is hilariously a really important part of it. And this month, they released the uh, very problematic Valentine's Day special. And i that's the title of it. That's not me being shady. I know mm-hmm. that somebody somewhere I, is I like, are you? Sure, that is what is actually called. Yep. Um, it's not problematic at all. They take it. It's not. It's really. Yeah. It's really lovely. Yeah. Take it up with a uh, showrunner and past guest Patrick Schumacher. If you have uh, an issue I can, with it, I can specifically say that in talking to that uh, said showrunner and former GHL guest, yeah, who yeah, was a lovely, yeah. lovely man and a great writer, um, he told me that said special that he helped co-write. Uh, was the dumbest and most brilliant thing he's ever written. I a hundred percent, and with the highest compliments, do I do I agree? And with Kite that. Man briefly appears in it, but he's a very important part of Harley Quinn. And again, he he's the Harley Quinn character that has secured his own spinoff. Well, and when else were we going to do Kite Man? <laughs> Never. So, and, and frankly, we already have an episode on Poison Ivy. We already have an episode on Harley Quinn. Mm-hmm. So I said, let's do Kite Man. And Jason said, if you want to teach it. So, sure. so here we find ourselves. And here we are. <laughs> so let's roll right. A point we never thought we'd ever be. Literally. Uh, so talking I, there about was, Kite Man. What else was I going to ask you right at the top? Like, Do in, I like in, kites? In what universe? Do you like kites? When was the last time you flew a kite? When I was 12. <laughs> and and it probably had it probably had like a Batman on it or something like that. You know, it's one of those that feels appropriately on brand. One yeah. of those cheap ones you would have bought it from Walmart. Or yeah, something yeah, like that. yeah, yeah. Or the dollar That's store. It's been a long time. Yeah. See, in Kansas, where I grew up, yeah, you have to be really careful with kites because the wind is so strong there mm-hmm. that so so many we would fly kites out in the cow pastures yeah. behind the farm, 
And a lot of times the wind would just take them, would just rip it off the string. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can't tell you how many kites I, I lost. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Charlie Brown had the kite eating tree. Yeah, yeah. I had the kite eating wind. <laughs> so there you go. There you and go. And now we're talking about Kite Man. Welcome. So the wind won. Wind won. Yeah. Okay, we're going to do the 10 cent origin. What's that, Jason? That is where if you pay Ashley 10 cents, she will write on a piece of paper and mail it directly to your house. The that small even cost the cover the cost of postage. <laughs> but you said 10 cents. That's the 10. Oh, that's not what it is. Okay, sorry. Now, the 10 cent origin is actually the first part of this podcast where we tell you all the who's it's and what's it's of this character in case you ever go to an amazing cocktail party at Noonan's mm. and Clayface walks up to you and says, Pray tell who is Kite Man? Now, that was, that was a, a pretty good clay It's a very bad impression of Alan Tudyk, who can do it much better than me. But I that's like my favorite character on that show. Uh-huh. So that's why I wanted to <laughs> attempt to do it. Um, uh, please, no offense, Mr. Tudyk. So there you go. Uh, so let's get this intense and origin on Kite Man. Kite Man, a.k.a. Charles Brown. Yes, his name is Charlie Brown, is a DC Comics human supervillain who was created by Bill Finger and Dick Sprang. Mm-hmm. And his first appearance was in Batman number 133 in August of 1960. I did not know he was that old. I, I did. I did. Okay. Well, you're smarter than I am. He's an oldie. He, he is an oldie. He is a big, he pops up in a lot of Silver Age. If you know... If you ever see, I, I apologize. I'm taking it. No, you're fine. Words. Please. If you ever see like some of the lists of like the goofiest Batman storylines, yeah, yeah, you will sometimes find a lot of storylines of like from the 1950s and 60s that exclusively star Kite Man. There you go. Yeah. Uh, he is primarily known as a Batman villain, as you may have sussed out. His team affiliations include none, and his abilities include being an excellent hand glider pilot and a variety of gimmick kites. I'm going to say I don't know if either of those count as abilities or superpowers. He has been voiced by Jeffrey Combs in Batman the Brave and the Bold and Lego DC Supervillains video game. I didn't know he game. appeared in Batman Brave and the Bold. Oh. I, I, I didn't know that either. Wow. Um, and then most famously by Matt Oberg in Harley Quinn, the animated series right. and in the upcoming Noonan. That's right. Matt Bo- Oberg, one of these great actors that you 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 know his face, even if you don't know You've his face. You've seen him in eight. But he's that guy in that thing. He is so funny. Yes. So funny. And so funny in this role that yep. could have been thankless. If the writing was less good and if his performance was less good. Well, that's the thing. Harley Quinn HBO Max is just solid from top to bottom. I know. Everyone on it is so good and so talented. Yep. How dare they? Yep. Uh, and that's your How t- dare they make a good show? How dare <laughs> you take Harley Quinn, the animated series, and have really meaningful discussions about how to have a mature adult relationship? Also, how very dare you? How dare you possibly create maybe the best DC animated series since Batman the Animated Series. How dare you all be so attractive as you do it? Get out of here. Yeah, and talented. All right, let's move on. All right, that's the end of your 10 cent origin, so why don't we roll right into the meet cute? Okay, this is where (laughs) we're- This is is going to be wild. uh, This is going to be very short. (laughs) This is where you first- you find out where we first meted or cuted said character. We used the term we stole from romantic comedies. Yeah, Uh, yeah, Ashley, where's this- this this is going to be Harley Quinn or Tom King? I mean, like, I'm- I don't know if I- I, I'm sure I read Kite Man in something and it never stuck um, before Harley Quinn, the animated series. So like hats off to Matt Oberg and Patrick Schumacher. For I'm that. going to say, even though technically the Tom King inclusion did come first. I'm going to say I had always known about Kite Man sort of in the vague terms of like somebody like Stilt Man. Like, LOL or Condiment King. Isn't this a silly character? He was sort of like always a joke. I heard I would read about him in like Wizard Magazine or whatever. Um, but I honestly don't know if I knew 
what the hell he looked like uh-huh. until uh, they did the Tom King run. I have to say, I've been to a lot of conventions in the last year. There is always somebody cosplaying as Kite Man. Yeah, because you just have to put on a, like a green stocking. And they always take up a huge amount of space. Yeah, they, could, they, <laughs> and they stop traffic. They shouldn't have the kite fully extended. And I get mad every yeah. single time, but they do look cool. Yep. All right, so let's roll right into the History 101. Let's do this Kite Man thing. Also, for everyone at home, I just watched Interim Brago try to open a door by smashing his face against it. Yeah. He worked it out. I figured you were run- you were going to go into this and be like, it's time to talk about the History 101 of Kite Man. Hell yeah. Absolutely not. Why I will not. I will not be saying swears on this podcast. <laughs> You've said plenty of swears on this podcast. <laughs> he look, we haven't got to the Barnett's history where the catchphrase is introduced. Okay, that's fair. You, so, you're telling, you're telling me Bill Finger didn't come up with that catchphrase. Bill Finger didn't put no swears in his comics. He came up with everything else in terms of Batman. Yeah, he came up with everything you like about Batman, including Kite Man. Yeah. Um, including Kite would Man. Would you like to say hell yeah? Hell yeah. Okay. Yeah, well. Uh fun fact. Not as good as Matt Oberg. Although, uh, I mean, none of us can ever be. No. He did appear in um, Batman in the 1960s. It wasn't until like 1986, some 26 years later, that Tony Isabella, the creator of uh, Black Black Lightning, Lightning. gave Kite Man his government name of Charles Chuck Brown. (laughs) That's um, so funny. Which happens in the pages of Hawkman number four. I thought that was Tom. Tom And and, and again, I will will state that means his name is Charlie Brown, which will never not be funny to me. Yep. Uh, So some contemporary readers considered Tom King's choice to include him in DC Rebirth Batman to be the reason that the character's profile has grown over the past couple of years. I think that's 100%. I think so, too. Mm. Um, Charles Chuck Brown is a man who armed himself with kite weapons to be used to commit acts of evil, uh, including a big kite, which he strapped to his back, a kite plane, and an array of specialty kites in his arsenal. Jason, mm-hmm. if you had to become a supervillain based around a children's toy from the early 20th century, mm. which would you choose? The yo-yo. <laughs> <laughs> I love the commitment. I well, would, you think about that, I would right? have gone slinky. Oh, but don't you think you'd get tangled up and stuff? Well, if you make your slinkies out of razor wire, maybe you can just like wrap your enemies up in them. Oh, that's deadly. Thank that's you. pretty. Oh, that's pretty. It's hey, bad. It's bad. So you won't swear in a podcast, <laughs> but you'll 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 grievously cut people only theoretically with your metal slinky hands. I've sworn on many a podcast. That's like that is that is like the meanest and maybe possibly grossest Batman villain that could have ever existed. <laughs> Razor slinky. Ra- you do you know how tiny those cuts would be and how painful they would? Yeah, be? it'd be like a bunch of little paper cuts. I just think of the yo-yo because it's sort of like a bolo. You can kind of throw it at people. Like it'd be like something that yeah, just gets smashed. And then comes back. Oh my gosh, you could hit him right in the middle of their head and knock him right out. Pop, pop, you know, with the yo yo. (laughs) And then you're like, no, walk him a dog right out of here with my money. Oh, it's the baby's cradle. (laughs) Pop. (laughs) The kind of yo yo that has shocks in it for some reason. Yeah, 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 yeah. that's funny. (laughs) Uh, What I like about Kite Man's first appearance in Batman 133 is. um, he drops a bunch of tear gas and then like descends through the tear gas and is like, I'm kite man. Like he introduces himself in his first line. At the same time as he's like wiping his eyes to be like, Oh, I didn't think this. I should have wore gas mask. He's like (laughs) snotting and crying and like, I need some, I need some milk to pour in my eyes. Uh, I just think it's really funny. He shows up and is like, I'm kite man. Uh, During his first appearance, kite man also tries to steal a precious Ruby. 
Ooh, it's um, always rubies with Batman villains. It's diamonds or rubies. And then he frees a mobster named Big Bill Collins. Big Bill Collins. During the fray, he almost kills Robin until Robin uh, escapes using acrobatics. Until Robin moves two feet but, to the left. But, and then he completely misses him. <laughs> but then he successfully captures Batman, which is like honestly a pretty good start for your first foray as a Gotham City villain. I'm not, I'm, I mean, I'm already impressed with his, um, with his use of tear gas. I'm, I'm trying to look up Big Bill Collins. Oh, I think he only brings in this issue. Well, I'm going to um, find him. And then Robin gets to come back in and save the day by, you know, showing back up, freeing Batman. And together uh, they use uh, Kite Man's amazing kite weapons against him. And they leave the kite plane as a trophy on the Batcave wall, which you can actually see um, in the background of a lot of scenes of Batcave throughout the, the Silver Age. Kite plane, really? Hmm. Yeah. Okay. It's exactly how you think it is. Sure. All right. So, Jason. Yes. This was his first appearance. Yes, Kite Man. Hell can, yeah. Can you believe they ever chose to bring this character back? Mm, I mean, I'm going to assume that like Bill Finger probably, you know, wanted to give himself another royalty and probably went for it. Um, And as you say, he does appear throughout the Silver Age in one-off adventures that pretty much go the way this one goes. Well, we've talked about this multiple times. It's hard to talk about. I, I am having no look, by the way, looking up Big Bill Collins, which kind of I'm disappoints me. Um, I wanted to learn more about that DC character, but most Batman Silver Age adventures are Batman fights the person, sends him to Arkham, they go to jail. Three or four months later, that same character breaks out. hundred percent. And it's never yep. explained. Penguin and Joker and all those people like break out a million times. Mm -hmm. So, um, no, I mean, I don't know. You got to realize also comics in that, in those days were very much like, we just gotta, we gotta put stories on the, we gotta, these kids are buying these for a dime. Put them on the newsstand. We got, we don't have enough time. Don't even think about it. Yeah, the guy's a kite. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, This yeah, lady's yeah. called the the uh, the slinky, and she's like cutting she's <laughs> cutting people's throats. And oh, we can't we can't Bill. We can't we can't do that one, Bill. That one that one is too bloody, Bill. Bill, mm. do you need medical help, Bill? I think that's too bloody. I mean, this is comics. You're not going to offer me medical help. That's fair. Or insurance We're, or coverage. They're all freelancers, baby. Yeah. No health insurance, no unions. You're uh, on also your own. Also, I'm Bill Finger, so you're going to give me no money for everything that I create. That's right. Thanks. Uh, so do you want to know who the second ever creator to write Kite Man was? Um, was it not Tony Isabella? Uh, no, Tony Isabella is the one who gives him his government name. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Oh, you mean like back in the story? Uh, yeah, no, who? Uh, a very beloved creator, an absolute genius who we venerate here on Geek History Lesson. Len That's right. Len I knew you would suss it out. Yeah. Yes, Len Wein is the second creator ever. Creator of Swamp Thing and Wolverine, Wolverine and, and all around. Every X-Men that I love, basically. All around awesome comic book creator. Lovely, who, lovely great. human person, yeah. uh, Len Wein. So Len Wein is like, you know what? We haven't seen Kite Man for a while. Good on you, Len. So I'm going to bring him back into Batman continuity ah, cool. to commit the crime. Of stealing people's payrolls from bank trucks. So like when they mm -hmm. move the money around on Thursday because you have to get your checks or your money yeah. on Friday. Yeah. Kite Man was there to rob the Brinks truck or whatever they have in Gotham City. Yeah, okay. Okay. Because, you know. Not if, a bad plan, Kite Man. Not a bad plan. <laughs> actually. If you're going. Kind of impressed. If kind of impressed here. <laughs> if you're going to include a villain named Kite Man, it makes sense to have him steal payroll instead of like something that might be several hundred or there, feet in the air. There might be Kite Man storylines out there, but I haven't read many of them. 
I'm actually surprised he doesn't try to hijack planes. Yeah. Um, or that, not, is that, is that none of the kite? adventures that we're going to talk about. I'm assuming it's because you can't breathe at 30,000 feet. He has a mask. Or in the modern not version, with, he like, does. Not a mouthpiece, though. Not with a breathing apparatus. He does sometimes, yeah. Not on a breathing apparatus. I don't know. He should. He should, he should hijack planes. Um, and then I guess because he nominally flies... And nominally has wings, he gets included in the Hawkman storyline. Uh, this is when Tony Isabella gives him his government oh, okay. name. They were like, they were like, we need. They were like, who's who's got wings that we can pay a cheap royalty for? We, uh, kite, kite man. We gotta have not? a flying character. Yeah. fight the flying. Because I was literally sitting here being like, why would you put Kite Man in Hawkman? Because it's two flying characters. And then I was like, yeah. I guess because they both got wings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, of course, as you may imagine, Hawkman and Hop, Hawk Girl and Hopalong Cassidy, and Hopalong Cassidy must uh, team up to take down Kite Man. Now, <laughs> this seems like a I, very a, a <laughs> battle that is way like like Kite Man's going to get his ass kicked. Well, I want to let you know, <laughs> Hawkman and Hawk Girl actually bring in another Justice Leaguer to help them take down Kite Man. Who? Batman? Zatanna. What? She can't fly. So I, but well, she kind of can't, she's got magic and I'm going to tell you how this all plays out and how it goes for Kite Man right after this. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas city, go Kevin or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. All right, we are back. We are talking Kite Man here on Geek History Lesson. We are talking about uh, how Charlie Brown is about to get his booty kicked by we're the also, Hawks and Zatanna. Well, we're also talking about how the, apparently the Hawk people were scared of Kite Man, so they wanted to bring in a third. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They brought a third into the relationship and then, of course, into their work. You know, it all spills over from your personal of life. Of course, that's the Thanagarian way. So Kite Man is there being Kite Man. These three Justice Leaguers shows up and he's like, um... This is my name. This is my social security number. And this is my secret origin and why I've always been obsessed with kites. 
in between them beating him, beating the bloody pulp out of him. And we get like the closest. My name is Charlie. Ah, the closest Brown. thing ah. to a Kite Man origin we get okay. this side of DC Reaper. And, and tell, until Tom read yeah, it. Tom I, King yeah, 100%. Yeah. Uh, yes, your close personal friend, Tom King. That's not a joke. It's true. I don't, I don't know if we're close. <laughs> <laughs> I just mean we say that all the time about people that we like actually don't know. I mean, I'll text them here and there. <laughs> um. I would like is to that the also goal of this podcast now is to be to text so, Tom King is that I should become close personal close friends, friends with, with Batman King. writer Tom King. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Is that doable? Call him right now. Oh no, it's too late. <laughs> no, he has oh, kids. Yeah. He's on the East Coast. He has kids. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, I could, but he, he has kids. So, Jason, uh, I want I want first answer, best answer. Okay, we're still fighting the Hawks, though. Are we ever have? Well, we're not fighting them so much as we're telling them all of our information Got and it. Zatanna. Right. Does Kite Man? escape from them yes or no yes yes do you want to know how he does it he kites away he jumps into a tree i'm not kidding but he has a kite on yeah but you know there's too many leaves so they can't go up there and get them so is this the kite is this the introduction of the kite eating tree into dc comics continuity uh i'm gonna say yes the peanuts kite eating tree grabs kite man out of the air and starts like and the hawks are like oh thank god the tree took care of yeah. it we don't have to worry thanks about a lot tree man and then they go back to bed with zatan or whatever it was that they were doing before. <laughs> oh, i hope that was the issue <laughs> oh boy um so having faced down now a total of four members of the justice league yeah uh, Kite Man hightails it out of America to the fictional DC comics country of Zendia. I don't know that place. So I was, that's funny. I was just going to ask you that. Oh, I've never heard. How do you spell it? Z-A-N-D-I-A. No, I Zendia, don't. No. Zendaya. I was waiting for you to say like Markovia or like Corto Maltese or something like that. Yeah. So I had never heard of Zendia no. either. Um, what it is most famous for in the Silver Age is being, quote, friendly to supervillains. Oh, lovely place. So I, I would probably equate it to Latveria in Marvel Comics. Uh, so I was going to say Madripoor is kind of like oh, the Oh, yeah. Madripoor is a better comparison. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You're right. You're right. You're right. Where it's like. They're it's, not going to like Moss, tell you you can come there. But, it's Moss Eisley. Yes, but they're yeah. like, if you come here, we're not going to throw you in jail you can the do, way they might in Gotham. There's no police here, basically. Do whatever you want. A hundred percent. And there are times when random villains apparently are just in Zandia because the continuity is so weak that no one like knows where they actually are. Okay. Or that'll be where they come from. How do you, is, uh, I'm sorry, one more time just for me because I want to look at it up real quick. Z. Okay. A-N. Okay. D-I-A. D-I-A. All right, thank you. You're welcome. So, fun fact, Kite Man actually gets a... Small island off the coast of Europe. Apparently. There you go. Actually gets a real job with a real skill and real talent while he's in Zandia. Hold up here. He has a real skill. It's called kiting, okay? Look, flying a kite does take, like, in it India does. where they have competitive kite flying, there is, like, actual skill And involved. the fact that he is able to hook a full grown man's weight to it <laughs> yeah what do you think he weighs like a buck 80 to two dollars yeah probably 180 yeah probably like 180 170 he, well actually he seems like he's a skinny guy so i probably he's say, usually quite thin i'd yeah. say like 170 yeah okay um yeah that takes skill yeah so don't look don't don't knock don't knock chuck down okay that's fine okay yeah thank you okay can you continue what do you think his uh civilian job is while he's in zandia bartender wrong damn it i was hoping that was true he becomes a professional athlete on several sports teams. Which sports? Who knows? It's never made clear. Okay. 
And uh, we don't really see Kite Man again until Infinite Crisis. That's a jump. So we're jumping quite a ways, Jason. We're jumping like 20 years. Yep. Okay. What's Infinite Crisis? Uh, Infinite Crisis is a storyline where Superboy Prime, who is a survivor of Crisis on Infinite Earths, the original multiverse, um, he punches the wall of reality so hard that he basically recreates the multiverse and tries to destroy the DC universe. Yeah. That's that's basically Infinite Crisis. So during the events of Infinite Crisis, there's this persistent rumor that Deathstroke threw Kite Man off of the top of Wayne Tower without his kite on uh, mm-hmm. because Kite Man didn't want to join Deathstroke's new secret society of supervillains. Got it. So, Jason, uh-huh. is it fair to say that if Deathstrokes want you to join his team, you, you know, shut up and do it and figure out how to escape later? Yeah, he's Deathstroke. You don't screw around with that guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah he yeah. sleeps with teenagers. Yeah. That's true. That's really true. Um, This rumor comes to Batman by way of the Joker. So Batman is pretty sure it's a lie or it's not the whole truth. Mm -hmm. And what you do eventually learn is that Kite Man was thrown off Wayne Tower. But did he have a spare kite? Which I wrote as Wayne Town, but he survives his fall. Because he had a spare kite? It's a broken, like a ripped kite. Oh, so he sort of slowed yeah, down. Yeah, and he kind of like falls through some awnings. See, and stuff he like has that. skills, Ashley. Don't let this gentleman down. <laughs> um, and he eventually uh, reaches, you know, a low rank in a post-crisis Gotham City underworld. Mm, good for him. And this bit, this like um, bit of information that like how he didn't actually die is actually revealed in one of Jason's favorite weekly comic books of all time, Fifty Two. Yes, it is. I don't remember that in there, but cool. I it, it, I think it's literally a line, a line. in a panel, yeah. um, which unfortunately is a lot of what Kite Man's going to be until DC Rebirth. Um, yeah. So since you're such a fan of Fifty Two, do you know when Kite Kite Man is eventually captured in Fifty Two? Okay. Do you know who he's captured alongside? No, I actually don't. That's great because it's six villains that I'd never heard of before. Go ahead, and including Sewer King. Don't know who that is. Dawson. Oh, they really don't know who that is. Lamel. <laughs> that just sounds like somebody's first name. The Squid. Uh, good name. Okay, cool. And Mirage. Okay, good villain name. So, do you know what happens to all six of these supervillains? Um, are they taken to like the Scientist Island or something like that? There's that 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 happens in Fifty Two. There's like a evil secret super society island where villains do all kinds of experiments. They're eventually eaten by Bruno Mannheim when they refuse to side with him. Why are they eaten by Bruno Mannheim? That's a great question. I don't remember that happening in 52 That's at all. So I think your information question. might be a little off there. Um, I don't know if this happens in 52 or directly after 52, to sure. be fair, because okay. um, I've never read 52. Okay. Um, you know, being eaten can kind of mess with your ability to be prominently featured in main comic book continuity. And use kites. Because we don't see him again until DC Rebirth happens. And because... Which is like another how many years. Well, also, uh, from Infinite Crisis, yeah. 10. Yeah. It's 10 years. Yeah. Um, but I will say that by that point, we'd had the New 52, which is a full reboot. And then we had the DC Rebirth, which is a soft reboot. So anything kind of comes back into continuity again. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, and we don't really have to explain how things get revisited. We also could just be like, oh, a character's alive. Doesn't matter. Yeah. A hundred percent. Particularly with a character not to be Which is actually, derogatory, but as low tier well, as Kite Man. It's also like my preferred way of continuity because who cares? Yes. As the, if the story is good. And I will say this, um, the Kite Man stories in Batman Rebirth are really good. Yes, they are. So, like, who cares if it matches up with this previously 
unseen. Previously eaten Bruno, off-panel post-52. Hannibal Lecter eaten death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, my very favorite thing about this version of Kite Man yep. is that he's the only one who people ever call Charlie Brown. Yeah. Uh, before that, he's usually Chuck Brown or Charles mm-hmm. Brown, or he's honestly usually just Kite Man. Yeah. Uh, but the Charlie Brown joke, like, it's so good. I know it would not have been topical in the Silver Age when this character was created, mm-hmm. but, like, I, it's just, it's too good Yeah. Um, to just kind of let lie, I guess. Um, the DC Rebirth version pretty much takes the name... Uh, and that's it. Mm-hmm. He gets a completely new personality. He's uh peppier. He's friendlier. And he has a catchphrase for the first time. Jason, what's the catchphrase? It's hell yeah. It's Kite Man. Hell yeah. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, which then is taken up again in the Harley Quinn animated series and kind of reduced to just hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know the origin of the catchphrase? No, I do know... I know parts of this origin Mm -hmm. because I know it has to do with um, a son. Yes. So this is apparently his catchphrase because his son, Charles Brown Jr., when he saw Kite Man for the first time, this was his reaction. Mm -hmm. It was Kite Man, hell yeah. Kite Man, hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's what his catchphrase Mm -hmm. is. That's cute. These issues are good. It is cute. It's a cute idea. There basically is a Kite Man origin issue in uh, Tom King's run. Yes, there is. Yeah, 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 yeah. So when Kite Man first appears, he is taken out by Gotham Girl, who's a character that I think is criminally underrated and I can't believe like we haven't done it anymore with. I just mm-hmm. think Gotham and Gotham Girl are so cool. Um, and is chucked off to Arkham Asylum for approximately five minutes, only to serve as background art when Batman visits to beat up bigger and badder criminals than he. So if you're not familiar with Tom King's run on uh, Batman, Gotham and Gotham Girl are kind of like the first couple volumes. Mm-hmm. And then they also kind of get shunted aside and never dealt with um, in a lot of They're great They're super powered characters that Batman are trying to train to be heroes, yes. but they kind of turn into villains. And so once they take out Kite Man, then there are several storylines before Kite Man comes back into prominent continuity. And every time he's going through Arkham, it's kind of a punchline that you will see Kite Man mm-hmm. in the background in one of these cells. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, he's always like, pretty nice about it compared to some of the other characters who are frequently also shown mm-hmm. in... Uh, in Arkham's Arkham Asylum, almost an Arkham style, uh, as is the trope, he eventually escapes from Arkham Asylum and is later one of the many villains taken down by Batman and Catwoman after he takes her along with him on an average night of his job in Gotham City. So again, included in a montage, not a ton of character development, but definitely here for the LOLs. Kite Man later sold a kite to a pawn shop where a character named Headhunter purchased it and used it to kill Swamp Thing's father. This is worth mentioning because it leads to Batman and Swamp Thing interrogating Kite Man in what is actually like a pretty good scene. Mm -hmm. Um, And Batman and Swamp Thing, written by Tom King, was kind of a crossover that I didn't know I really liked. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think this is a really fun little bit of story. I believe this story was also drawn by Mitch Garretts. It was. Mm Uh, and DC Rebirth also gives Kite Man his first bit of retconning because, goodness, you've been around since 1960. Don't you deserve a retcon? Are you truly a DC Comics character if you don't get a retcon? You haven't had a retcon. The like, answer is no. Are you even? The answer is no. Dost thou even exist, mm-hmm. my brother? Not in the DC Universe, you don't. Um, And he gets some new character history. Um, that most that he's ever had, probably. And a, we are supplied as readers with the following details. He studied wind in school. Tom, 
what does that even mean? <laughs> is it meteorology? Is it science? Is it is it like renewable, renewable energy? Like he studied wind in school. Yep. Ocalidocally. I said aerodynamics. I would I believe that. Yes. Uh he he was a divorced father. Mm-hmm. So I knew that. He's a child. He's his little son. Um, he's an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. And he was led to a life of crime and is eventually recruited by the Joker mm, yes, he to is. design the Joker Mobile. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I actually think is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. That's during the uh, War of Jokes and Riddles. Yes, back. and that's what I was, this leads right into, and a mm-hmm. lot of this uh, revelation comes out of the War of Jokes and Riddles, and I will tell you more about that, and maybe we'll tell some jokes and riddles of our own right after this. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We're back. It's War of Jokes and Riddles time here on the Kite Man Geek History Lesson. I have to say, I think Kite Man should have a dash in between it, and it doesn't, and my notes are inconsistent about that, and it throws me off. So, the War of Jokes and Riddles, Jason alluded to it. It's kind of his big show in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms, It's of, the where his origins revealed and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So, Batman uses him to get Joker's phone number so he can text him and is like, baby, LOL, send me a selfie. Uh, which it's a very romantic gesture, in my opinion. Kite Man is then kidnapped by the Riddler and then the Joker in quick succession because Riddler and Joker are warring with each other. Uh, Riddler is then forced to serve as a suicide bomber by the Joker in an attempt to kill Batman. Spoiler alert, the bomb turns out to be fake. It doesn't work. Everyone's okay. Yes. Then Charles Brown Jr., Kite Man's son, the one who created the catchphrase, is poisoned by the Riddler and subsequently dies, mm-hmm. um, which is really sad, but also kind of reminds me of Two-Face and James Gordon Jr. in The Dark Knight. I know James Gordon Jr. doesn't die, but like the idea of sort of like, you know, using someone's son to get to the heart of it. Mm-hmm. So I guess we couldn't do it to Damien, so we're going to do it to Charlie Brown Jr. The death of his son sends Kite Man down the road of revenge against the Riddler, and this becomes Kite Man's first of 
official origin as Kite Man that we see on panel. Um, that isn't something that he's like telling someone under duress. Mm-hmm. Um, so this this is now what most people consider to be his set in stone sure. supervillain origin. Uh, when Batman joins Riddler's team against the Joker, Kite Man winds up captured and interrogated, as one might imagine, because he's kind of serving as Joker's right-hand man. He tells Batman and the Riddler about the Joker's last secret hideout on a building and provides them with all the villains... Uh, sorry, provides all the villains on Riddler's side with kites so that they can yeah, infiltrate they, into they the fly, building in the secret base. Yeah, yeah. I've seen our kites, excuse me. They fly, they fly on, on capes. Uh well they use they're all wearing capes yeah, and then yeah, they're yeah, also yeah. wearing kites. And yeah, it's pretty good uh double page spread. Yes. It's pretty cool. I mean War of Jokes and Riddles, I think, is 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 actually a pretty good event. It's uh I think it's one of the better Batman rebirth storylines. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Uh, also, just a great title. When the Riddler betrays Batman, shock. Batman tells Kite Man to activate the jet-propelled inverse parachutes in their packs, which makes the villains ascend only to be captured by Alfred in the Bat Blimp. Yes, there's a Bat Blimp. It, it's a smart way to use the kite against everybody, mm-hmm. and it's a really clean way to put all of the sidekick villains off the board sure. and kind of let Batman win the day. At the end of the storyline, the Riddler reveals that everything that happened to Charles Brown was merely an effort by the Joker to make himself laugh again. Yes. So he tortured this man. He killed his son. He created this entire new supervillain persona because he was bored. It was a lark and he wanted a laugh. Um, And that's the last time we see Kite Man in uh, mainstream comic book continuity. So I have a couple more appearances that I want to talk about. And we're going to talk a little bit about the Harley Quinn series. Of well, course yeah. we are. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's not a ton of Kite Man in a comic book continuity. So hopefully he's going to get his due and get another pretty good story soon. Um, I do want everyone to know that there is a version of Kite Man who appears in the Flashpoint storyline. That's the story where Barry Allen misses his mom. So he runs back in time and resets the universe, which leads directly into the New 52. Sure. Uh, everyone gets lines in their comics. He's part of a montage of... Super- on their costumes, not their comics. On their comics, There too. are always lines in comics. Uh, you're right, on their yeah. costumes. He's part of a montage of supervillains that the Flashpoint Batman has killed. So... Uh, yes, he did exist in that universe, but Thomas Wayne said, not for very long, my friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just wanted to note that Flashpoint appearance. And let's talk about Harley Quinn, the animated series. Please, let's. Uh, in my humble opinion, Matt Oberg's Kite Man is uh, the one that most people know mm-hmm. and will do more to shape the character moving forward than any of the comic book history I just told you. Well, of course, and especially <laughs> since the, we, you know, at the time of this recording, we haven't, Noonan's does not, is not out. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, Noonan's has specifically been called the Kite Man spinoff. Yes, 100%. Uh, where I I think Kite Man is going to start a bar named Noonan's. Yes. Yay. Um, that's going to do a lot, I think, for that character as well. I find that sort of interesting and, and ironic because Harley Quinn, the lead character of that show, debuted as an animated character. Mm-hmm. And that show just because of the way it's been designed and conceptualized has taken a lot of these sort of minor villain characters and like given them this humanity and this really like defining turn like Kite Man uh, like is likable and unlikable is like a very complex yes. person in this show. Very real person. Yeah. And a very real person that probably shouldn't be a supervillain, but just has no other skills. Yes. Except and, kites. And he's the type of character that like, uh, when I started watching the show, I really wanted to just dismiss. Mm-hmm. Um, but the writing and the performance is like too good for that. This version is, um, I would say compared to his comic book counterpart, fairly 
dimwitted. Mm-hmm. Um, Very lame. But he means well. Mm-hmm. Like he's trying really hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's known for his catchphrase, kite man, hell yeah. And he's also known for tr- thinking he has game and trying to pick up a lot of women. Um, I would say largely unsuccessfully. Yes. Um, although. So he does get the biggest babe on the entire show, Poison Ivy. He does. For um, a while. For a while, which is sort of the gag of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, um, at the time of this recording, does have another girlfriend. Yes, I don't remember her it's name. Golden Glider. Oh, that's right. Yes, yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they actually seem really mm-hmm. nice. They're really, mm-hmm. really sweet together. Yeah. Um, another change that Harley Quinn, the animated show, makes is that he is the son of metahuman parents. His parents are named Daryl and Wendy Brown, and they are disappointed in their son for not having powers like mm-hmm. they do, which I think is a good choice. It's, it's funny gag. My yeah. Hero Academia like plays on the same thing that uh, like Deku doesn't have a quirk, and I think it's cute. I think for the sake of the show, it's cute. I don't know if this is something that I would pour over into the comic book continuity, but I think for like what they're doing in Harley Quinn, I think it's a smart idea. Uh, during the show's first two seasons, as Jason mentions, he serves as Poison Ivy's... Paramore. Yeah, I mean... A lot of people would say love interests. I would debate how much Ivy like actually likes him. They actually have uh, done the deed, if you will say. That is proven. And, and I, yeah. I just mean like I think Ivy loves him, but I don't think she's in love with him. No, no, no. Uh, which I think is why she eventually gets kind of Harley Quinn. Um, until eventually he breaks up with her after realizing that she doesn't reciprocate his feelings the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, and... He does appear in a very problematic Valentine's Day special, but just as a cameo. And just like Jason said, this version of Kite Man is so popular, he now is going to be the star of Noonan's, the animated spinoff, currently in some stage of development, I hope, uh, for HBO Max. So that's your Kite Man episode. That's, That's the Charlie Brown of the DC Universe. Listeners, we have a very special guest joining us for our episode today. He is a triple threat. He's an actor, he's a writer, he's a comedian. You've seen him in Veep, Ugly Americans, and The Bourne Legacy, but you'll probably recognize his voice playing the role of Kite Man on HBO Max's Harley Quinn. Please welcome to the show, Matt Oberg. Matt, welcome. Hell yeah. (laughs) Thank you. I mean, I've never had a catchphrase before. And I'm just, I'm not running from it. Maybe there's other actors who are too cool to lean into the catchphrase. I'm, I'm milking it for everything it's got. So is it buckle a, up. <laughs> is it a common family gift now around the holidays that everybody gets t-shirts that just say, hell yeah? <laughs> you would think, but no, <laughs> there's uh Kite Man Nation has yet to invade my family, which is <laughs> disappointing. But I didn't uh, know there was a name for the fans. <laughs> I, well, Man Nation? Bra- we're breaking news. We're breaking right. news. All right. This is a GHL exclusive Kite Man Nation. I love it. Uh, yeah. So Kite Man isn't your first foray into the DC universe. You were also in an episode of Powerless. So, you know, you probably get this question a lot because you act on both sides of the camera. But I want to ask you, how different is it providing the voice for a character in a show like Harley Quinn than to playing one in live action in front of the camera. It is so much easier to do the voice. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, it, it, it's great. I would say, you know, having to think about what you look like, especially for me, is 
it's going to be a real bummer, you know, <laughs> to be like, oh, people are going to see me while I'm doing this. I don't want that. Um, you as a podcaster, I mean, you must have not to say that you're not a, a, a beautiful person who's worthy of, of self-respect, but it's nice when you don't have to worry about what you look like. I, I, I appreciate it. I will say the downside is the way they produce these and record them. You're often by yourself. So you don't get the, um, you know, the bounce off the energy of the other actors, the pitter patter, yeah. the, the jazz session that, that comes about on a, on a, on another set. But, um, I, I, I'm fine with that sacrifice. <laughs> you know, when you auditioned or did you audition for Kite Man? I was going to ask you, what, is, what was that process like? Did you have to audition off against other actors or did the showrunners be like, okay, Matt Oberg, out the gate, you're Kite Man? Well, I had a bit of an in because it was, you know, on Powerless, that's the same producers, Justin Halpert and Patrick Schumacher are, did that as well. And I happened to know Justin through, you know, the LA dad circuit. So I dadded my way into showbiz. Um, but I did have to audition for it. But I remember um, Justin had a really helpful note for me when I first read for it because I forget what I, what my initial take on it was. But he got back to me and was like, that's great. But um, we're thinking he's a little more of a cocky, jerk kind of like i had done a cocky jerk on 30 rock years ago and he was like that's the guy i was like oh okay got it and then i read it so the fact that he was sort of looking out for me i think was really helpful and and knew what he wanted so um no i think that's pretty much how that happened this is all you know of course this podcast called geek history lesson i would be remiss to ask you how much of a geek you are like are you you know, were you familiar with a lot of the comic book characters that were on this show before you recorded the show? Not really. No. I mean, it's, it's a shame because it's not like I'm cool. I just don't <laughs> know much about comic books. So I'm just kind of a man without an island here. I, I have, I have no one to, to, to back me up, but, um, I was not, I, I can't, I can't have a legit claim to that. So I, I would be, I would be lying if I said yes, but um, I'm psyched to be a part of it now. And I had had some previous animations experience in that show, Ugly Americans that I did for a couple seasons mm -hmm. years ago on, on Comedy Central. So I had done Comic-Con with that show, which had some, you know, it's, it's about, I played a social worker who's trying to help different you know, zombies and two-headed people and different sort of monsters like that assimilate into society. So it had some geek street cred through that. And um, I was able to dip my toes into sort of the, the Comic-Con, you know, vibes with, with that project. So, yeah, you've dangled the toe in Nerd them a little bit. Sure, sure. I did Comic-Con San Diego a couple of times, and then I did Comic-Con... New York and was able to discern the differences. And one was 
it, it's a lot less sunlit and glamorous in the New York one. There's like a palpable sort of stench to the place. It's just a little more hardcore at that Javits Center. I don't know if it's still there, but it, it still is. Yeah, I've always described it. Uh, yeah, San Diego Comic Con is like you're going to the Comic Con at the beach. New York Comic Con is like you're going to the Comic Con that's on the docks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It is not to do like hacky the difference between California and New York, but it's not the same. No, no. Uh, so, you know, one question is um, at the time of this recording, because I know, you know, um, you know, you're probably a little bit ahead of like all the recordings that you're doing on Noonan's and stuff like that. At this time. How many times do you think you've probably said Kite Man Hell Yeah for the series? <laughs> <laughs> Who's counting? As many times as it'll take. I, I you know, they, you know, they're, they're, I, I, to their credit, to Dean Laurie who's running the show and Katie Rich who's, who's the head writer and everybody there, they, they're discerning. You know, they're not, they're not overplaying their hand, but it's, it's there when they need it. And, and I'm there when they need me. But um, I, I couldn't put a number on it. <laughs> is it tough at this point to find new ways to deliver that line? Or is it just like a pure gift of apple pie that every time you receive it from the writers, you're just like, oh, yeah, <laughs> this scene's going to work. Are you implying that I should have been doing it different ways? I think maybe I've done it. <laughs> have I been doing it the same way every time? I don't know. Um, I would have to rewind the tape to figure that out. <laughs> I know. They should just use what they have. You know, they don't need to have me say it. Yeah, That's right. But, you should get paid for every you, you should never have to record another episode of Harley Quinn or Noonan's ever again. They should just use all the clips of hell. Yeah. Well, I'd be talking myself out of, you know, session fees. So, no, let's not do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's been a ton of fun working on this spinoff. I was, you know, so psyched to initially play Kite Man at the beginning and then. You know, it's every actor's dream to be like, you know, that side character you were playing, they're going to they're going to turn that into its own show. So Justin was sort of giving me insight to their process in, in spinning that off and, you know, what the studio was liking and and, you know, that we had a real shot. So um, it's it's awesome to to be a part of it. I'm, I'm, I'm stoked. What is your ritual? or routine when you are going in to record for a show like Harley Quinn. And I want to also follow that up with you. You said earlier that you said like one of your least favorite parts is that, you know, you don't get to work with the rest of the cast. Um, when you go in to record, have most of the other actors recorded their lines or are you usually one of the earlier ones? Are you hearing like the casting director or the producer in your earphones? I'm hearing, I, I don't hear the other performers. I, some of them, I think it's really depending on schedule. They're not like, let's get, you know, Matt's kite man down so everybody can match his energy. I think <laughs> it's really a logistical, you know, feat that they're pulling off. But there's a director who is, who is um, helping me through it and is reading in my ear, Serena. I should know her last name, but... Um, um, but I know because of, you know, there's still COVID protocols. I barely, in you know, I come in through a one door and go right from the parking lot into the booth and start laying it down and, and people are on Zoom. But um, I'm getting notes from the director, sometimes from Katie, who's the head writer, and they do a great job of calibrating my performance and helping me, you know, understand the scene but 
at the beginning, I had to, I was like, oh, play a little of Kite Man so that I know I'm, I'm matching it. I think I was lying to myself that Kite Man is so far from my natural energy. I was like, oh, let me see if I can tap into it. <laughs> it's close at hand. Um, and at this point, I don't ask for them to, to play it back. I'm like, oh, I think, I think, I, I think I know where he lives. <laughs> yeah. You're like, I think I got this. Hell yeah. Or just use the last one. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh well, you also voice some other characters, uh, KG beast, killer croc. Mm-hmm. Um, what is the extra pressure there to make sure that that sent those parts sound nothing like kite man? Yeah, I mean, that is the extra pressure. I'm like, people are going to know. But I did a voice in the Valentine special of like the freaky dude who is getting it like the wax poured on him. Um, and I think the challenge is don't sound like Kate Man and don't sound like one of the other uh, other voices that you're doing. And Sometimes I think like, well, I'm kind of out of places to put my voice, but the director and other people help me be like, oh, well, try this, try that. And I really like that challenge of like finding a voice, you know, so I I enjoy that part. So I know we've already established and I've already revealed your um, low geek cred. You have dad Mm -hmm. cred, but Mm -hmm. if you ever had the choice to play a character on the Marvel Comics side of the fence, do you have a character that you would like to voice over there? Wow. Well, I mean, are you seeing something for me? I mean, if you have a better handle on... Let me do a quick Google. Are you hear me typing? <laughs> Throwing out the, the Google. I don't. Uh, that's I, I, I know I, I, I pitched out the problem, and I, and I don't have a good pitch for you. But you know what? I'm going to pull one out. I'm going to say I would love to hear you voice uh, Wonder Man, who is sort of a, a, he's sort of a snazzy, he's the actor Avenger. He's the guy that also stars in movies. He was a stuntman, got superpowers and sort of uh, got to kiss the Scarlet Witch a lot. Does he have a catchphrase yet or? Uh, No, but I let's say, let's say it's something like uh, that's full of wonder or something. That is full of wonder. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) He wears sunglasses all the time and a leather jacket, so. Yeah. Oh, perfect. <laughs> but there's also in in the big DC announcement, there was um, who is the character who is Kite Man-esque that's getting his own movie? Booster who sort of, Gold. Yeah, yeah, Booster Gold. I was like, OK, well, I need to I need to start bulking up and getting you should getting be swole. So I have a chance at that one. You should be sending some emails to your agent right now, because I think you would <laughs> I you, you would uh, play that part pretty well. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> well, when I first saw the character drawings for Kite Man, I was like, oh, he's he's kind of buff. I, I, I thought he would be, you know, a little more twerpy just because of the character. But I was like, I was like, oh, he's still he still looks pretty strong. I'm, I'm down with that. No, it's superhero comic books. Everybody has to have like the multiple eight pack or the 10 pack <laughs> at this know. point. Um, I guess doesn't, so. doesn't matter. Even Superman, who doesn't even need to work out to get those muscles, has like a 12 pack. <laughs> yeah. Um, has it been um, has it been like a surprise for you that Kite Man has had this big glow up in fandom and like this like sort of surge in popularity to you? Totally. I mean, it's a shock anytime something connects with an audience. I've been it's been great to see. I mean, um, 
I've yet to really have a meaningful interaction with Kite Man Universe, but I the one time it happened was like the perfect time for it to happen. I was getting together with my old summer camp friends, so I, I do have some geek cred there. But um, we were in Palm Springs. We got into um, a lift, and I was just in the back seat talking with my these friends who I hadn't seen in a long time, have known me forever. And the driver was like, "Wait a second, does one of you back there voice Kite Man?" I was like, "Yeah." He, he recognized it from the she back did. of the car. Oh, she did. She did. <laughs> she recognized my voice. I, I was like, "This could not have come." At a better moment for someone to recognize sure. <laughs> and appreciate my work in the entertainment industry, so that was awesome. But um, yeah, it, it. I mean, it's a testament to how fun that show is, and you know what they've done with with Harley and Poison Ivy that that the show is connected with a big audience and that kite man kind of gets to ride on their coattails. But, um, I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled that I'm in the position that I am. Well, you're also, you know, you're an actor, you're a writer. Do you ever find that when you're doing an acting job that your writer brain comes into conflict with your actor brain, or do you find that those sides of your brain work well together at this point in your career? Um, it's a good question. I think sometimes they do and sometimes they don't. There's this quote about, I don't know who it's from, but you can't create and judge or edit at the same time. So I think a writing part of our brains is often critical and trying to beat what you just did. And when you're trying to, in the moment, make a performance, you can't be so judgmental of yourself. You kind of have to try to relax and let go. So it's, um, that's, that's the challenge of being like, Oh, well just, just give it a shot, but not think while you're doing it. Like, Oh, that wasn't good. This isn't working. You know, you have to let go of that. But I guess it could be helpful when you realize, well, I'm just kind of a small part of the story. It helps actually more with auditioning and not getting the parts when you realize when you're on the other side of something that you're putting together that like there's so many factors that go into who they're choosing for this role that it's not because you're necessarily bad at acting it's just other factors played into it so that that's a comforting part of of, of doing both things nice well my final question for you is you've now played kite man on two shows, Noonan's and Harley Quinn. And now, even though we haven't seen Noonan's. And just, Noonan's is, 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 a, is a perhaps temp title. I don't know if that's... That's fair. With it. it might... It Should might, be Kite Man show. Kite Man's bar. <laughs> hey, I mean, you know... Kiting around no, with Kite Man. Let's not create and judge at the same time. Let it flow. That's right. I'm, that's right. I'm listening. Right. <laughs> well, I wanted to ask you, for you... Um, and without any spoilers or anything like that, but just to give the fans maybe a little taste, like for you, what has been um, a fun thing or a different thing about playing Kite Man on the spinoff as compared to playing the character on Harley Quinn? It's a good question. Um, I would say 
the fact that Kite Man is sort of at the center of these stories and is not, you know, constantly in pursuit of Ivy and, you know, reacting to what she's doing, but has some agency of his own and you're really learning more about his life and, and, um, you know, finding out more about what makes Kite Man tick. I think that's, that's a, a big difference. So you're seeing more colors of, of Kite Man. So that part of it has been really fun to be a part of. More colors of the kite, as some would say. Yeah. Uh, Matt, thank you so much for joining us here on Geek History Lesson. Besides, you know, the new season of Harley Quinn and possibly Noonan slash whatever they end up titling that spinoff show. Right. Um, do you have anywhere online that people can find you or any projects in the pipeline that you would like to point our fans towards? You can always um, get me uh, at Twitter. I'm at Moberg2000. Um, but don't hold your breath for my tweets. I'm not the most active in the space, but. Um, <laughs> when I do, it's really worth it. So get on board. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us on this episode, this kitastic episode of Geekish Lesson. My pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. This, this was a lot of fun. Thank you. Geek History Lesson. Hell yeah. All right. So now I think it's time to move into the recommended reading on Kite Man, which yes. I think is going to be a very short list. This was hard. But, uh, but I'm very interested in what you chose. Um, there also is a couple of Harley Quinn tie-in animated comic books. I don't know if you chose any of those. Um, I could not discover if Kite Man appeared in those. Okay. Uh, so I am going to recommend Harley Quinn, the animated series, of course. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, please check it out. All three seasons. I am going to recommend Batman number 33, which is his first appearance ever. Yeah. Um, I could only find digital recommendations for you. I could That's not fine. confirm if this was part of an omnibus, but it is very accessible if you're a digital friendly reader. So you can figure out like how this character came to be. I'm also going to recommend Batman volume four, the war of jokes and riddles. This is for, for mainstream DC continuity. This is the best that you're going to get for this mm -hmm. character. It's honestly a really good storyline. Uh, and we have talked about it many, many times Great on this art. podcast. Amazing art. Mm -hmm. um, and then I threw in Flashpoint just for fun. Okay. Just sure. if you want to see one battle of him uh, getting slaughtered. Mm -hmm. So that is your recommended reading slash viewing for Kite Man. Sweet. And are we going to the honor roll next? We are going to the honor roll next. So we are joined. Uh, the honor roll, by the way, is if you go to Apple Podcasts or Spotify and you leave us a five-star review, we will read whatever you write. Mm -hmm. uh, so we are joined in the teacher's lounge today by Medina065, who says, awesome lessons. I can't believe it took me this long to enroll in class, but I've been loving every lesson. I have a lot of curriculum to catch up on. Looking forward to it very much. Thank you, Medina065, for your five-star review. Jason, what's going on in the teacher's lounge today? Well, Charlie Brown's in the corner, and he's got his kites. <laughs> oh. And, uh, but he's not certain if he's going to take you outside to uh, fly them because he's got his eye on this um, oak tree in the corner, and he thinks that that oak tree might be alive. Mm. So if he can get over his fears, it'll be a lot of kite flying. Mm -hmm. If he doesn't, 
Uh, probably fiddlesticks. That's uh, that's very cute. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, don't forget to subscribe and download to this podcast everywhere you listen to podcasts. Tell your friend about this podcast yeah. if you really liked it. Also, at the same time, Ashley, where can they follow this podcast on social media? You can follow us at geekhistorylesson.com, facebook.com slash geekhistorylesson, on Twitter at GHL Podcast, or on Instagram at Geek History Lesson. Yes. Have we already mentioned the Patreon? I forget about it. I don't know if we have. Well, we'll go, mention it again. Go over to patreon.com slash Jawin, J-W-I-I-N, get ad-free episodes and also bonus podcasts and GHL Extra, which comes out every single week. What are we going to be talking about on GHL Extra? We're going to talk about 10 silly supervillains. I think we've talked about a lot of silly supervillains, but it'll be interesting to see what ones are yeah. on this list. All right. Uh, follow Ashley on Instagram and Twitter at Ashley V Robinson. Follow me on Twitter and wherever the hell you want at Jawin, J-A-W-I-I-N. Now it's time for stick around. That's where we make sure you stuck through all the plugs. What are we chatting about now? Ashley? So kite man's known for being green. Mm-hmm. What other color would you like to see kite man be? I don't honestly know. I, I don't, I'm not a costume designer. I honestly don't know why they chose green in the first place is, you know, like, uh, I think it's always been green. I don't know. I'm assuming it's so he blends in with the trees. Okay. Or cause whoever inked it or colored. Well, it obviously he can't, green. he can't be blue. I don't, I think I don't really have, I don't really have, much, I don't really have many thoughts on the kite man color costume situation here. Color palette. Yeah. Will, will we ever see Kite Man in live action? Yes. You think so? 100%. Wow. Apparently he was on the um, long list that they whittled down for the Suicide Squad. Mm. Yes. Be Simply because of Harley Quinn and Noonan's and because of Tom King's run. He will be somewhere. He might just be a joke. Yeah, 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 yeah. But we will see him in some live action thing somewhere. Mm. He would have been great in Suicide Squad, actually, as one of the characters that died immediately. Mm -hmm. So so your answer is red, I guess, for this question. <laughs> yeah, I'd say red. Why not? I think he should have a different color costume. Why? Why not? His costume color doesn't matter at all. It has nothing to do with anything. I know, but like, why are you like, he can't be green? Like, uh, do you just not like it? Jason, honestly... I didn't know what to ask you for stick around. So actually, honestly, <laughs> I could kind of tell <laughs> because I was like, this is the question we're at. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's, it's hard. And I understand when the you character. get these supporting characters yeah. who have barely any continuity to go on well, let me to come up with like a deep question. Let me ask you here a question here. Yes. Is it goofy or is it interesting that this character has a name of another comic character. Like he is Charlie Brown. He is Charles Brown. Yeah. Is, is that a genius move or a lazy move? How do you feel about this? I, I mean, I think it's funny because I like the peanuts. Yeah. He was named before the peanuts was mainstream. I disagree with that. Like, I don't think he's named after Charlie Brown. But Charlie Brown has been around since the early 60s. He and was created in 1960. No, but but Tony Isabella didn't name him. Oh, until you know like what? You're the right. The late 70s. You're right. So, um, and Charlie Brown was 
mega Huge. popular yeah, in the we, 60s. We had specials already. So Charlie Brown was very known to the public. Uh, sorry, I was back on the Bill no, no, Finger no, 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 origin no. of it all. I don't know. Um, I don't know exactly when that storyline happened, but like he, Charlie Brown was definitely famous when he named. Uh, it character. was it was uh, 1986. So, oh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, you're right. We've had like 10 peanut specials about that. Time. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if it's silly. I mean, it is silly. Of course, it I'm is. just. I just wanted to have the thought experiment because, like, imagine like. Um, well, I'm trying to pull out another character. Like, but nobody calls him Charlie Brown until Tom King. They call him Chuck Brown. Well, but still, come on. But I'm know? just saying. I'm just saying. I wonder if that was an intentional trying to. Well, probably. I don't know. It, it 100. Tony Isabella. I guarantee you this 100 percent because yeah. again, it's the joke of Charlie yeah. Brown. Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. But like, yeah, I don't know. Like, if a future character, like if you were to do that with a future character, like if you were to call a, a supervillain Frodo Baggins. Well, that's not a real name. But I'm just saying Frodo Baggins. I think I think a better comparison would be like if we introduced a girlfriend for John Kent mm-hmm. and we called her uh, Lucy Van Pelt, mm. even if she goes by Lucinda. Yeah, Lucinda Van Pelt. Is it too silly? I mean, the answer is yes. Mm-hmm. The answer is yes. And she's but, a football player. But Kite Man is already so silly. Yeah. Um, Again, Tony Isabella, it's a funny gag. He must have been like, oh, it's going to be funny if I name this character Chuck Brown. I think he 100% did it being like, they're never going to let me get away with this. Yeah. And then nobody said anything. Nobody said anything. Yeah. But that's that would that would have been the that was like uh, that was a discussion that I thought we were going to have. And, we you know, so that's why I'm, I'm glad we had it. There you go. Because, again, like it's like, is it lazy or is it brilliant? I don't know. It's uh, it is a little trite. It is no. a little bit right. But I think you're right. I think he put it in there thinking somebody would catch him. Yeah. And it did not. And then happen. like, what are you going to do? Be yeah. like, hey, mm-hmm. you should have caught me. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, there you go. All right. Well, thank you all for listening to Geek History Lesson. I am Jason. Don't like kites in. I am Ashley Victoria Robinson. Professor Ashley, will you please close out this podcast? Class is now dismissed. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.